Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, sexy time is here. That's right, we're talking The Seduction 1982 on Kill by Kill Silk Stockings Unit. Uh, or is it uh, Kill by Kill Nights? I, I just like Kill by Kill After Dark. <laughs> Kill by Kill After Dark. They all apply. Uh, welcome to our Patreon-only feed of Kill by Kill, everybody. It's your old pal Patrick Hamilton. I'm coming to you once again from the rocky, rocky hillside of Pacific Palisades slash Malibu because those two houses are not next to one another. It's uh, Kill by Kill. And, of course, there's only one person I trust that if I get flowers from an admirer that I know to be my stalker, she won't go, well, you know, all great love stories start that way like a fucking asshole. <laughs> the one, the only Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing today, Gina? Uh, I'm good. I, I've got my, my smoking jacket on. Uh, I, I hope that you have your finest silk teddy. Uh, <laughs> we, got that, we, got that, we got that saxophone music playing. <laughs> this uh the, the strong point of this movie is not the music i'll put it i don't like i don't like her theme i don't like the uh music box theme i don't like any music in this movie. no and, the, and, the, really and one of my favorite things about like uh you know 80s movies like this is that it's theme song is some sort of kind of weirdly straightforward romantic song yeah in, in a movie that is not romantic in the slightest Everything suddenly has a sheen of there's got to be a morning after. <laughs> it's not okay. No, this, not this, the is, this is not a romance, everybody. And yet the original title for this script was The Romance. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, it's not romantic. It's not a seduction. No, no, it is not. <laughs> like, I uh, would quiz anyone to denote where the seduction in this movie happens. Uh, it is not very seduce at all yeah, I, I mean they they could have called it the fan but the fan was already taken by one of the greatest movies of all time just releasing a year earlier it is interesting to put them sort of back to back um because i think you have very intense performances and you swap out uh broadway musical rehearsals for watching someone record a news broadcast and you pretty much have a lot of the same movie, but I feel like the fan moves things forward a little bit faster. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you two things that, that, and, and we, you know, we, we've talked recently about movies. We don't always see eye to eye on, sure. which is, we're not many. We're, we were very much almost, almost, almost frighteningly on the same page with a lot of it things. It is a little odd. Yeah. Um, But if you like, galaxy of terror considerably more than i do i like the fan yeah. considerably more than you do and and yeah. i think that one thing it two things that certainly in comparison to to the seduction which is you know, straight garbaggio or any way you slice it is is you know at no point is laura mccall ever exploited and and uh -huh. that's a problem with stalker movies in general. And I don't think it's necessarily just reserved to movies in which it's a man stalking a woman. I think when the genders are swapped, as rare as that is, um, you still get a whole you know, oh, they're watching him in the shower, or they're yeah. they're you know they're spying him undressing. You know, and the camera kind of lingers a little bit, and you know, oh well, it's it's the stalker's point of view. Yeah, but you're still you're showing this person naked and vulnerable, and that's. 
you know, that was never, I mean, she is, you know, depicted as sort of helpless in her situation, but not like, you know, meant to be in a, you know, tawdry sort of way. Right. And, and also, you know, people actually take her seriously in, in, in the fan, whereas in, in, in the seduction, you, if you started a, a drinking game for every time someone tries to minimize her concerns, you, you would be in a coma. You, you would be yeah. just, you, you would be dead of alcohol poisoning by about 45 minutes in because absolutely no one takes her seriously. No, it's almost as if, uh, in fact, there's an entire monologue at one point, which Vince Edwards, uh, earning a paycheck for his two days of work, uh, gives this very lengthy, almost network-esque, you have meddled in the laws of man and God's time speech. <laughs> about how there's nothing you can do and a cop, you know, the cops can't help you and every institution is destroyed. And that's why we're in the middle of this Cobra-esque crime wave, which also we were not in the middle of a Cobra-esque crime wave. Uh, right. You weren't, you didn't have so much crime going on that when people call the police, they're put on hold. No, no. I, uh, having lived in Los Angeles, I don't believe we had a, a police answering machine that didn't take messages. I mean, the police detective, Vincent Edwards' character, his entire attitude up until the last 10 minutes of the movie or so is, well, we really can't do anything until he's murdered you. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, call me when he murders you. <laughs> yeah, you know, just like the police, the the psychologist that Morgan Fairchild's boyfriend consults, her attitude is, well, you have to let him do whatever he wants, or else he might kill her. Oh, yeah, okay, absolutely. really? You just kind of have to, you know, he's, you know, it's, you know, it's his show. You got to do what he says, or he might get violent. <laughs> Even though he has already gotten violent. Yeah, violence has occurred already. Oh boy, 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 <laughs> this movie. <laughs> I mean, it is an interesting... Do we even actually say what the movie's called? Yeah, right at the top. It's The Seduction. Okay. It's The Seduction starring Morgan Fairchild and special guest star Morgan Fairchild's Nips. Yes. And, and, and Andrew Andrew Stevens just, just, again, pouring sweat. So much sweat. So much. It is. It just lives in his brows. I mean, I can't... At some point, uh, I suppose we'll have to talk about The Fury on yes. the show yes. in uh, in in one way or the other um because i can't look at andrew stevens and not think about the fury well the, just, thing, the thing is with andrew stevens is is you know andrew stevens is sort of like um henry C- uh, cable today cable harry france's last name mm-hmm. where you know casting decisions for the movies he's in come down to well he's a handsome fellow <laughs> and that's it you yeah. know a- a- acting talent you know, the experience, meh, he's handsome. Put him in the movie. Uh, I would love if Andrew Stevens walked into one of these scenes and cocked his guns like uh, Cavill does in that Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> that's, like the only, awesome. that's like the only thing I, I've enjoyed him in. <laughs> he's very good. He's a very good slime ball in that. And Andrew Stevens vacillated between being an on-screen slime ball or some sort of straight arrow, like in uh, Ten to Midnight, he's the straight. That's arrow. That's right, he is in that, isn't he? I completely yeah. forgot. Like he filmed this uh, Ten to Midnight, The Fury, like back back, like in a very intense period of time, uh, and then from this sort of moment on, he got caught in a sort of loop of uh, 
um, erotic thrillers. Yeah. Oh, just, yeah. He played a lot. Played a lot of you know radio psychologists. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> who you know get into get into uh, twisted affairs with one of his callers who yes, may or may they, not be a murderer. <laughs> you know, you just happen to be house sitting in the wrong house, and he sees you through the window, and it's it's all over. <laughs> or he's the person who like Shannon Tweed's in trouble, and she consults Andrew Stevens. Like he's either on one side or the other of this erotic thriller relationship. Um, I don't know that he was meant for more than that either. Well, like <laughs> I said, he's that. he's he's a good looking chap, and mm-hmm. that is all I can really say. Rancher Stevens. He's got very nice his haircut. He, he's got very nice hair. I was gonna say it's it's a little nicely feathered. You <laughs> know, it, feathered, yeah. he, he looks like a Hardy Boy. <laughs> But he looks like the third Hardy boy. He looks like the <laughs> one like, who's like, like, oh. He looks like the Hardy boy who doesn't have any skills of deduction. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he doesn't, he can't, he can't solve a crime. He might commit a crime. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know he commits I mean? lots of crimes that nobody seems to think are crimes. <laughs> like, just breaking and entering into someone's home is not, is not cool. You would just. Just send him to fucking jail. There's no. Well, you know, if you put him in jail, he's just going to get out. Well, yeah, eventually yeah, I mean, that's that is how the prison system works. Yeah, that's why. Why are we giving up on laws? Like just because he's going mean, to get like out? Saying, I'm I guess not, all laws are uh, off. That's like saying, yeah, you know, well, I'm not going to go on a diet. So I'm just going to put all the weight back on. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Uh, the other. Uh, figure in this movie is Michael Sherrison, uh, who had quite a moment in the late 60s and early 70s and has gone to seed in a way in this movie. I don't he's, know. He's slumming in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is wearing the most textured of brown coats throughout it and a black turtleneck. He just seems like he's in a different movie or He's been making different kinds of movies and he's just like his agent said, oh shit, if you want to be able to afford your house, you got to be in the seduction. (laughs) All right. What a sad situation. (laughs) (laughs) The way he kisses, I mean, and I don't know that this thing needs to be like a, a plot breakdown because the plot is this. Morgan Fairchild is a newscaster. Uh, straight out of the howling. Oh yeah, that one scene is you know it's a little bit Anchorman, a little bit howling. <laughs> I have to believe part of that Anchorman scene must be. Oh oh yeah, he totally he totally go fuck yourself, San Diego and her. <laughs> I, I expect her to be like she'd be like I'm Jamie Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think of is that SNL sketch which the the teleprompter goes down and the morning news crew can't deal with it. And then they eventually devolve into I a tribe. I love that sketch. Ugh, I love it. I th- I think it is the best Saturday Night Live sketch of all time. I yes. personally put it right up there in the canon. The, 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 I think the funniest part is how the audience reacks when he like picks up the like the separate head and starts like biting yeah. out of it. <laughs> oh, this is gone too far the like, audience is yeah. like genuinely oh my god <laughs> jesus why why would you put this on television uh, it's the best. can't read words <laughs> where are the words where are the words why won't they bring the words back 
Um, <laughs> we're not just going to recreate an entire SNL sketch here on a podcast for him. But anyways, she's a, a newscaster. Uh, Andrew Stevens is a local photographer of children. Who somehow can afford to live right next door to her. And you said it was uh, supposed to be Malibu? Well, they don't really give it an exact location. Where the actual houses are is her house is in Pacific Palisades and his is in Malibu. Right, but um, they're clearly meant to be living next door to each other, which oh, yes. nobody figures out. No. Not a single blessed person from the beginning of this movie to the end of this movie realize that he's living literally next door to her. It is uh, not, exa- he's not covering his tracks. This no, one. So, but somehow she has never crossed paths with him before this point. Well, I will say this, having been a person who has lived in the hills of Los Angeles, when we lived at the old place, we met about 12 people. It was just, there were no sidewalks. Like you didn't gather anywhere. We didn't have big to do's. It just, all of our friends lived in various places that were not within walking distance. As soon as we moved here, all of a sudden, like people talked to us in the first 35 minutes we were here. It was a very different vibe. So hill living has its advantages in that you feel like I don't live around a lot of other people. The disadvantage is no one knows you're alive or dead. <laughs> so well, yeah, just, but I mean, uh, like, like there's a, there's a, I buy that, but, but you're particularly near the end where they, you, the, the detective finally decides he's going to do something. He, he gets his address, gives it to her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And the boyfriend does not recognize it as the house next door. No, this is literally no. a, a, you know, this person lives on 123 Main Street and you're on 125 Main Street. <laughs> and it's like, okay, hope you find them. Bye. Click. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, case solved. Time, dot, to, dot, dot, dot. time to sex up the girlfriend. She's feeling better now. <laughs> case <Let's> closed. <laughs> There's nothing we can do about it at this hour. Let's have sex in this hot tub. Which no, don't have sex. No, so you a absolutely hot tub. do not, not have sex in a hot tub. That that feels like one or both of you is going to end up with something bad happening <laughs> to your private parts. Well, here, and, here here's let's let's talk about the idea of something bad. So okay. one of my favorite things uh, about the seduction <laughs> is how the you can easily telegraph what's going to happen by listening to the dialogue. And then everything that is the opposite of what they're saying is going to eventually happen. Yeah. Like it literally opened like, like Morgan Fairchild's first lines in the movie are, I'm so happy. I have everything I want. And, and then later there are literally lines. I'm not going to become violent. I'm not going to go down to his level. We're not killers. We're not killers. And then later about approximately 17 seconds before he dies, the the uh, the first her boyfriend says, "I think we're I think we've heard the last from Lover Boy," <laughs> and then she's like, "Don't leave me, I won't." Flang knife in the back, you know? <laughs> like oh, this is boy. masterful dialogue. It, 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 it <laughs> successfully predicts everything that's going to happen in advance, as long as you assume it'll be the exact opposite of that. Yes, don't don't believe what people say. Believe what they mean, which is the opposite of what they say. Uh, their sex scene in that hot tub is one for the fucking record books. First of all, Michael Sherrison apparently went to the Roger Moore school of kissing, which is to smash your fucking lips up against Yeah, somebody. anything as long as you don't open your mouth because, you know, I've got a wife. I'm not going to do this. Yeah. 
<laughs> like the Lord is inside of there or something. <laughs> just, <laughs> and he kisses kind of like a, a, a Dick Tracy villain, you know. <laughs> Like, there's something wrong with his face. Also, apparently, the noise he makes in orgasm is also the sound someone makes they had a knife stuck in their back. So. <laughs> Limp. And the thing is, I just think Morgan of this Fairchild does not go, oh, well, that there's something wrong with you. <laughs> she's still, she's she still like, having she's still, you know, having her blissful moment. I mean, like three seconds before he dies. And granted, we don't know exactly where the sex is gonna go. Her last word before she realizes he dies is please. I think the please is please don't finish yet. <laughs> so when he does, because he done died, but she also, her reaction is the most underwhelming realization that someone whose penis was just inside of you died is like. I, I think that the, I think that the, the implication you're supposed to get from it is that she has, she has just snapped. That's it. Yes. Like, like that's like, you know, you know, well, that's it. You know, my, my mind is gone. I mean, yeah. it, it's hard to tell because she's not a very good actress, but, but I think that that's, you know, I, I think that's the idea that she's not, you know, she's gone from stun to kill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's not an emoter. No. Um, she has a very symmetrical face. She has an incredible skin um like 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 andrew stevens you, you know you could say they're very attractive people and they're very attractive people <laughs> i do like when she gets angry in this movie i i i feel her rage there and it's like she stops worrying about how her face looks and just gives me an emotion but she doesn't really provide that emotion in other ways and in other locations. It's no, not she she seems she she seems more annoyed than scared much of the time. <laughs> oh, hey, another line that um, uh, is the opposite of what the person means is when she tells Michael Sherrison, "I like being looked at," and then <laughs> yeah, the she does not like being looked at at all. Nope. <laughs> uh, so yeah that it's, it's opposites the movie is what this uh what the seduction is even in the title uh i like that jamie douglas gets top billing on the news broadcast good for her she's battled all the way to the top in the very sexist uh los angeles newscaster game so is he are we is he actually the, the, the sweetheart killer do you think or is that just oh. a you know, that's a very good question. I suppose they're trying to keep it sort of, I don't think he is, because when would he have time? True. Like, he's really devoted himself to everything his, else. His child photography business <laughs> and his stalking. <laughs> Pardon me. Um, I don't know about you, but when that very angry mom is trying to get Ricky to <laughs> smile, all I thought was better off dead. Ricky. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. <laughs> Ricky's like twelve, but he's just like, no, not gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, both of them are assholes, so I think <laughs> them, they they deserve one another. They, but uh, they're in a public forum. They should probably pull it together and not take it out at one another at someone else's expense. It's probably been a good. 25 to 30 years since i revisited this movie and it's weird it's one of those movies that just occasionally pops up in my mind 
you ever heard mm-hmm. of some movie just randomly do that and it's just like why am i yeah. thinking about this movie that i i haven't seen you know since i was a teenager and and in rewatching it i did not realize how many scenes there are just of people just driving and walking mm-hmm. there's a yeah, lot of padding it's, it's, it's like a shitty once upon a time in hollywood <laughs> where it's just like she's driving to work now she's driving back to her house now they're now walking in a parking lot now the boyfriend's driving now derek's driving now they're, they're parking in a, in a diner you know now they're sitting now he's sitting in a car and with a with a with a you know camera with a, with a lens the size of you know a baby's forearm and nobody notices <laughs> yeah no one seems to notice this gigantic camera setup. nobody notices he's like a ghost he he just you know goes in and out of you know of, of her job and is following her around in, in a shopping mall and and sneaking into her house and no one ever notices him. No, he, well we, people do notice him at Neiman Marcus. They stare at him like all of a sudden like his ghost is outside of his body or like he or just like explosively vomited all over the place. Everybody's just yeah. like, what is this? And there's so many Southern bells behind him. I don't know what was going on at Neiman Marcus, but it was a very blousy Southern bell era for whatever reason. Everyone has the blousiest of blouses. One of my favorite news broadcast items is uh, when they break in and they're trying to make it sound like news is being ha- is being talked about here. And she says, more on that disastrous fire in Chicago later. <laughs> Like, yes, that sounds like news. Uh, that sounds like news. Perfect. <laughs> Take two. No, we got it. Done in one. Let's go forth. <laughs> Let's talk about the thing I do like in this movie, and that is Colleen. Oh my God. She is she's trying this like she thinks she's in a 40 screwball comedy. She always thinks she's in a screwball she's comedy. She's got this like, you know, honey, this Ruby, this Romeo is a heartthrob, run a buck. <laughs> <laughs> All that is missing is eyebrows going up and down in a, <laughs> in a waggling and waking. And, and the one way she has a line, and I actually went back because because again I I had the closed captioning on, and I had to make sure I understood it, and I'm still p- pondering it. Mm-hmm. She asks her, and so this is about maybe a half hour in the movie, so you know the, the stalking is underway, <laughs> and and you know so she's concerned, and she asks her, "Are you okay? Did you get a facial by mail?" <laughs> and I'm like, and I, I'm just that blinking white guy gif. I'm like, <laughs> now, you know, I'm going to get a little raw here for a second. I don't sure. think the facial she meant was the one that immediately came to my mind. <laughs> and I'm like, well, but the other kind of facial doesn't make sense in terms of getting one by mail either. No. And and I'm like, is that, I feel like, did she kind of like improvise that line? And, and I'm like, what is a facial by mail? <laughs> and I, I mean, and, and she, and you know, she looks fine. I mean, she looks, you know, vaguely troubled, but I mean, if, if she's trying to say, Oh, you, you know, you look like you haven't slept or, 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 you know, she does not because again, yeah. she's not a very good, she's not a very good actor and, and does not look, you know, believably like she's, you know, you know, upset and frightened about this. She just looked a little put out. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, she gets some. She gets some wonderful. She gets some wonderful lies in this. I mean, the best perhaps is uh, what she's being shot by. It turns out to be the sleazy uh, orderly from Friday the Thirteenth: A New Beginning. No, really? Yes. The guy gets his head twisted off. 
no, no, no. The guy in the theater who she's like, I won't put my ass up on that swing. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, like the guy, he played the guy in, in Friday 13th who got his head twisted off. Or am I thinking? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. I guess. I, does he get his head twisted off? I thought he got an axe to the head. Oh, you're right. Ari. I'm thinking of, um, I'm thinking of, uh, uh, the, the final chapter was the order oh, where he got yeah, his, yeah. his head twisted off. Sure. I mean, you know what? They all run together after a while. Right? Yes. And all orderlies are terrible in the, in the, in the Friday the 13th universe for some reason. <laughs> uh, our first responders are terrible. And I think that's the lesson that we should all learn is that uh, we should be afraid of them. Uh, and especially the paramedics and medical personnel. Uh, they're untrustworthy. <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, calling camps. It turns out her house is Rita Moreno's house, which explains the pillow cactus that is in her living room. <laughs> yeah, um, I knew you were going to bring that up. I, I, I <laughs> as soon as I saw the pillow cactus, he's going to mention the pillow cactus. Oh, how can you not talk about the pillow cactus? <laughs> who? And that's the thing. Like, who on earth owns a pillow cactus? And then if the answer is uh, Egot Rita Moreno, you can kind of, yeah. That makes sense. Sure. Yeah, that, that, okay. that, that's so Rita. I'll allow it. You know what? <laughs> She's a national treasure. Uh, I might not agree necessarily with all of her design choices, but it's so individually her, and I celebrate her ability to do that. She should. Ha- I hope she has a lovely home in the Pacific Palisades still. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Calling camp is in full ball buster mode. It's just. Mm. <laughs> Now, uh, see, now see here, Mac. <laughs> hey, pal. She's like Rosalind Russell in, the, <laughs> in this she like is. in this like gray bee like erotic thriller. <laughs> I don't, but she also doesn't really change that very often in anything else she has. No, ever she really, done. she really doesn't. I she's I think she's a delightful screen presence, and I like her in a lot of movies, and I think she's very unique, but her shtick has always been a walk, a walk, a walk every time she enters the room. <laughs> Let me tell you something, pal. <laughs> you're well, mess- I'll tell you, boy. You're messing with the wrong broad. <laughs> she is absolutely broad. Do you think that old lady and uh, Butch ever found a place to poo-poo? <laughs> God, I hope so. Not even Morgan Fairchild can keep it together during that line reading. She's just like, okay. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> uh, a personal confession time. Becky doesn't really enjoy it when I sit naked in front of multiple pictures of Morgan Fairchild. <laughs> well, you know, I mean. <laughs> uh, you know, she's just decided that isn't a thing that can fit into our marriage. So I have only the seduction to... Lean back on to to <laughs> remember the good times. <laughs> I would spend multiple evenings uh, <laughs> just watching someone idly swim back and forth in her pool. Yes, uh, this movie opens on wet, and it kind of ends wet. So. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> sure. <laughs> The other thing that this movie does multiple times is have Andrew Stevens say the words, it wasn't hard. And then at the very end of the movie, turns out. It's not. (laughs) It just doesn't happen. That just doesn't do nothing. Which is a a dead ripoff of um, uh, Looking for Mr. Goodbar. 
Oh, I have always wanted to watch Looking for oh, Mr. Oh, don't. Do not. Oh, really? It, it, it's, really? A, it's a well-made movie, but it is the bleakest movie you will ever see in your entire life. It well, is cruising is bleak, it too, is, but I enjoyed that. It, right? it is depressing. Okay. But yes, they're they're not to spoil anything. But you know, she has a, a violent encounter with a man who is upset because he cannot get it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which explains the the you know baby's arm length camera lens he's constantly using to take pictures of her. And I just realized that right now. Oh my god, <laughs> that's a dick metaphor. I mean, there's so many in this. I mean, again, the, the yeah. plunging the knife into the into the boyfriend's back at the moment of climax, which good timing on mm-hmm. Derek's part. Let me tell you, um, well, he's and, nothing if not have good timing and then you know morgan fairchild chasing him around the house with a shotgun held at crotch level which is probably not a good idea like burt reynolds and malone <laughs> you've seen malone but you haven't seen looking for mr good well malone is more commercially available like malone was shown on usa up all night uh, looking for mr Goodbar was not yeah that's that's for the best for the that's for the best yeah. Uh one of my favorite calling camp lines is art fart. <laughs> she wears this outfit at one point when they're in the shopping mall. Oh my god. It is a matching vest and culottes outfit. Now I I, I, I think culottes are still a thing, but they are very they are very big thing in the eighties. Not often with women in their thirties. I remember wearing, I remember wearing culottes, but I was about ten when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. She looks like a member of the Babysitters Club, <laughs> and she's wearing a thin tie with it, like a like a, a Billy Joel tie. <laughs> um, it, it, she looks like she's a junior member of the Sailor Moon Cadets. It's very odd, and that hat, and then. Uh, the the guy at Neiman Marcus recognizes Morgan Fairchild. It's like I watch you every night, and she goes, "Well, I'm in commercials." <laughs> he's like, he's like, I try to avoid commercials. He's doing, a, he's doing a little bit of that. Yes. Kind yeah. of <laughs> well, I do declare, Miss Campbell. Oh. It's an elephant lighter. Ooh. <laughs> 55 pounds made of silver. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> we are making a verbal reference to something. I don't even know that I know the full backstory. He's on the check petty, so okay. also also he's he parodied on the he was parodying on the Simpsons. Constantly. He's just sort of the yes, the yes guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And every single person has responded to someone saying their name at some point exactly in that way. And it's wonderful to me that nobody knows what is, you know, if you're under like, you know, 50, you barely know what it's from. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just. Know I thought it was that much. guy for a second. I was like, oh, <laughs> how the mighty have fallen. And then I, then I looked it up and it was not that guy. Oh, that's a shame. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you give me tears here. <laughs> the Teddy budget on this movie must have been astronomical. It's they're not even nightgowns; they're straight up teddies. It's just oh yeah, she's just kind of hanging around the house and in in and again, this was a big thing in in eighties and nineties movies. Just you know, a, a woman home alone is just going to bring out her best undies and just you know to sit around the house by herself. 
I don't think she has bad undies. I think she is a person who is perennially in the most uh, beautiful lingerie available commercially. If not, <laughs> if, if it isn't like her facials shipped to her directly to her home. <laughs> I know how that happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. There, there are two things this movie has too much of. Sweating and ferns. Yes. People do not need ferns in their fucking bathtub. Okay. That's, <laughs> you don't, you just don't need it. Thank you very much. That's, and she's like spraying it with this Schwitzer <laughs> when she comes into the room. I, I really thought for a good hot minute that she lived in the same condo that's in Death Spa. She, maybe she, she might have. I mean, well, there's the, in Death Spa, they have that crazy triangle sort of, plant array that's by the stairs and she has it in this thing too i just think it was terrible 80s architecture because there's an equal uh abuse of glass brick in both movies oh yeah oh, that was definitely every every house in every 80s movie was like a dentist's office <laughs> uh just you know stare, three sit. different members only jackets on the oh yeah there's like on one that kind of looks like, like derek looks like he's wearing the ones almost gold lame at one point <laughs> You know, which which is just the thing you want to wear when you're you're skulking around your uh you know the person you're you're stalking's workplace. I have been told by media that it's very sexy for a woman to be in a bathtub and rub her legs. But I also don't think it's anything that has ever happened in reality. Like you're in a bathtub, you're just like, hey, I'm in the bathtub, I'm just gonna soak this up. You're not like, all right, let's do some Pilates while we're here. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna you know, engage my core. Yeah, I'm just, it's just you know, it's more like I'm just gonna like lay here and you know, think about things and read my book. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely what she does when she's by herself is a very male. Well, this is clearly what women do when they're by themselves. Yeah. They they don't take their makeup off before they go to bed. Yeah, there's they, not a male involved. There's not a female involved in any creative decision in this. Yeah, they they movie. they just idly sit around their house in lingerie. From you know, the, and, I need to buy something to make myself feel better to the constant lingerie wear. You know, like, and yet, so, and yet at one point, like, she's in, you know, she's in the hot tub and gets out to answer the phone. She's naked. She puts a robe on to answer her phone, which doesn't really make any sense to me. I mean, oh, now yeah. you're, now you're being modest? Okay. All right. <laughs> Speaking of the hot tub, let's go back to that hot tub sex machine. Um, because, uh, what, uh, what what do you think that ADR session was like? <laughs> like brought in Michael Shares and all right, um, for your this is good moaning, good moaning, great moaning, sad moaning, dead dead yeah. moaning, dead moaning. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now please beg him not to come and just fall limp uh, like a noodle. Oh no, he did. Oh, turns out he's dead. Okay, we got it. I, I'm just thinking about. It. That scene, I'm thinking about like the scene in an airplane when he flashes back to when they first meet and they're in the club and she's yes. dancing with the guy and he gets stabbed in the back and he's kind of like flailing his arms around and she's like just imitating because he thinks he's dancing and yes. he's like pointing to the knife in his back. <laughs> I'm doing it in my chair. No one can see this because this is a podcast. People I'm, imagining, a- I'm imagining it though and it's bringing me so much joy. I know. Um, oh my God. Uh, another insane, fantastical moment here in this movie is when Andrew Stevens, having killed Michael Sherrison, 
drags his dead body up a hillside and then just, and then magically has a shovel at the ready to bury him in this rocky hillside. That is not something you can do in Los Angeles, people. That is rock underneath there. You got to take him somewhere else, man. Well, th- this whole sequence doesn't make sense. For one thing, it's, you know, after Michael Saturn's character is killed off, there's still another 25 minutes left in this movie, I know. which is shocking. Even why, after, even after she, just she, she chases, it? she chases after him with a shotgun. He leaves, and there's still another fifteen minutes. Everything that happens could have been compacted to: you have the cop, up, you know, uh, come to the house. You have the assistant come to the house, and that all happens. And then he's driven so crazy by it that then he goes down to her house and he kills Michael Sherrison, and she witnesses it the burial thing and then he goes back and then she goes come back down and he comes back and it just would have happened faster well i mean none of that none of how that plays out makes any sense because he just assumes that she's going to sit there and patiently wait for him to come back after he has you dragged her boyfriend away to bury him now now how long could that have taken i mean it takes a while to to you know, dig a hole, you know, to, to bury a human body in. Yes. And indeed, she just sits there and wait for him. Hours have passed. Hours, if not a good all night. <laughs> it's probably 530 in the morning by the time he shows back up. Yeah, he he does not. He's not concerned that she's going to call the police. He's not concerned that she's going to leave. Well, he knows that all the police have gone on vacation and they've left the answering machine on. <laughs> Yeah, but he, he, you know, he somehow, you know, has bet on the idea that she's not going to try to escape, which she doesn't inexplicably. Yeah. Uh, he also, um, in an, there's a knife problem in this movie. First of all, the knife he uses to kill Michael Sheridan is what they've been using to cut cheese. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> well, he, wipes it, he wipes it down before he has his apple. Then he... W- then he wipes it down and eats a fucking apple with it. Like, you know where that, that's been. It was sticking in his back when you dragged him up a hillside. It's going to take more than just a quick towel wipe to really make that let's cut into this apple and eat it worthy. I don't think I even realized initially that he went back to his own house and just was waiting for her to call him. He, he's got he, he's got that, that, you know, Jason Voorhees sort of... Uh, you know, extrasensory perception where he yeah. just kind of senses that she's going to suddenly you know, abruptly change her mind and, and want him to come back. Yeah. Or he, or it's the secret. He's just put it out into the universe and it just happens to come <laughs> true. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I would, I'd love to see a version where like, you know, like it's like daylight and he like, he's like, huh, like he just wakes up and like, and like looks at his phone. Like she hasn't called me. <laughs> <laughs> huh. I would have thought that had done it. Uh, I know I'd love anyone who killed my paramour in the hot tub and buried it's his like, body. It's like, wow, he side. really loves me. Oh, he bought her a ring, and I don't think that ring is going to impress her. No, it's a little bit, a little chintzy, uh, uh, things remember jewelry box. Yeah, the little this, fucking this, princess. This could be, this could be, this could be our song. Okay. <laughs> And I, and I love the the symbolism that it's heart shaped, mm. and that she knocks it out of his hand and it breaks. breaks. <laughs> it's oh. like that's like God. This is a powerful fucking screenwriting. 
If you slow the film down, you can see at the exact moment she tears his heart out of his body. (laughs) Bloop, bloop, bloop. Yep, right there. More Simpsons references. (laughs) We got them all. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, The other thing is when they have this final knockdown drag out in her bedroom, he fumbles with his belt. For what feels like hours. And then she has to get involved. And she's trying to take off his belt. Is this belt Fort Knox? Like it's still <laughs> made of leather, right? It's not, there's not a padlock on the motherfucker. Well, he's, he's got like this, he's got like this, like this giant, like, you know, novelty belt buckle says, you know, gas grass her ass, no riser free. <laughs> just keep just on trucking. On it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna need that we're gonna need that uh that eighteen plus rating back on Patreon. Yeah, we got rid of it too fast. Uh, because this, I just don't know how you can talk about this and not have it be filthy. No, you it can't. You can't. It's a filthy movie. Yeah, it's it, it's you know it's filthy for the soul. It's I mean, <laughs> it's not. I, and it sounds bizarre to say, like it's it's trying to be cute with how naked she gets. Like like you know she's you know little side boob. You know, a little glimpse. She's not as naked as you think she would be. You, you think she would be in this, right? Yeah. So, and 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 you know, I think they're tr- they, they're genuinely thinking that they're making a classy erotic thriller. Yes, as if it is some sort of reverse rear window. They've they've gotten a classic Hitchcock blonde, and now it's the reverse of that movie somehow. Yeah, I, I think a, they're really clever. You know, they're 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 implying that they're you know they're both masturbating at some point, but it just you know you know, they get they both get interrupted before you know you you know, the, the moment of triumph. You know, I mean it's it's just you know it's a very it's you know it's 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 a cock tease. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know it's it's trying to be sexier than it actually is, and and you know it's it's surprisingly boring in in places. Yes, but when it's like when it's crazy. I think it's delightful. Like that hot tub murder scene is yeah, that should be taught in film school. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's it's, it's great because it, it requires so much suspension of disbelief. Yeah. That I mean, you know, it's it's like that that uh that Twitter meme of you know, hey sex is great and all, but you know, hey sex is great and all, but have you ever, you know, been so into it that you did not notice someone standing directly behind you with a knife? <laughs> It's the sound of the hot tub. It just overcomes your senses. And the chlorine is the other thing is you get a little wiggy and then the heat gets to your brain. Um, but every time they're in that final sequence in her bedroom, um, he's he slaps her and then she smacks him and then straight up fucking punches him. And I cackle every time. It oh, yeah. is fucking delightful when it happens well it, it's because they they uh it's almost like a uh and i keep saying it's like a shitty version of this it's, it's like a it's, this whole ending sequence is uh like a shitty version of of uh um reagan and father Karras fighting at the end of the exorcist where they keep changing roles <laughs> Right, you know, you know where 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 you know Andrew Stevens is the predator. Now she's the predator. Now he's back to being the predator again. Now she's the predator again. Yeah, I I don't know what exactly her thought process is in that sequence, but I it's like she like knew it's like she knew he was impotent, which which again yeah. like 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 
you know, like she could tell him, you know, all these filthy things to do, and he wouldn't do it because he can't. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so what did you expect him to do? He's just gonna, you know, you know, oh, sorry, you know, and just you know, wander, you know, walk. I guess you're right. Yeah. I guess maybe you should go home. Well, sorry, but I killed your boyfriend. And, yeah, I'll just walk myself down. Don't worry, I'll walk myself to the police station. Mm, sorry, everybody. That's our waste of time. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I'm not sure of the mindset here of anybody's behavior, except that it, it anticipates things that could not possibly be anticipated. Yeah. Um, and and yet I I find those moments when it reaches those high points to be very delightful. But you're wading through a bunch of BS to get to it. Um, I wished if you took out a good 15, 20 minutes of this, it would really clip along. Well, they you know, they they try to they try to humanize him a little bit at the beginning. You know, he's He's nice to this girl who works for him, who, who obviously you know, is madly in love with him for some mm. reason other than and who wouldn't because he's so you emotionally know, available. And he's just such a you know good looking guy, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so the, you know, they, they try to make him seem like you know like, you know, kind of Jekyll and Hyde thing until he just goes full Hyde after a while, and and <laughs> you know, and you've got this you know this this some somehow this the 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 assistant who's in love with him you know finds out about. You know, his obsession, don't ask me how, I don't know. He has the script declared it. Um, you know, and then he just goes, you know, I don't want your help. And, you know, like, for some reason, I, I had a, 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 you know, Mandela effect moment where I misremembered. I thought he had killed Colleen Cam's character, but he does not. I might be thinking no. of another. She just kind of disappears at some point, but uh, I, I might be thinking of another stalker movie or, or, you know, I've seen a lot of them. It's a genre I enjoy because it is 99% garbage. <laughs> yes. And I don't know that we're going to find a lot of diamonds in this very heavy rough. I mean, if you're, if the, you're, if you're, if you're pressing the, the, the genre to include like misery, then, then yeah, the whole, you know, obsessed fan thing. Then yeah. But generally speaking, it's very sleazy. Yeah. It, it, you know, it tries to have its cake and eat it too by, by, you know, making, you know, the protagonist sympathetic, but also showing them naked whenever possible. And, you know, it would be, yeah. If you want a great thriller that happens to be, you know, that might qualify under the erotic thriller thing, you know, you just go straight to body heat. Right. Exactly. Like, it's, as, it's as good as it's ever going to get. And everything else is just going to be, People trying to do something, understanding that it's exploitative, but more often than not, not being able to pull the trigger on being fully exploitative, therefore just making it a weird, empty exercise in which we get to make fun of the, you know particulars. Well, yeah, and again, it's there's nothing there's nothing more unsexy than something trying to be sexy. Yeah. And this movie is trying to be sexy in certain scenes, and and it it doesn't like. There's this the scene in which you know he's watching her you you know take a bath, and it is probably she's about to just rub one out because you know as one does when they're you know you know, you know, frightened by a stalker you know that's already been <laughs> yeah. in, that's already been in your house yeah you know and it, it is in your house now but you don't notice this you know this tacky ass music box sitting on your on your on your uh your vanity until it's too late and you know and he's like all like rubbing himself and you know run the hand down his chest and I'm like, 
And I'm like, a lip touching. It's like, I, no one is watching you. Who are you performing for? Yeah. You know, they are both acting like they know they're being watched. And it's like, that's it, not, I don't think that's what people do when they're having alone time. They, you know, they just, you know, that's why I think it would have, been, would have been better if that had actually been entirely in his head as opposed to. Yeah, uh, no, it's actually happening. Real. But like he's like playing yeah. it up, like you know, biting his lip and and slowly, seriously, button unbuttoning his shirt like he's a Chippendales dancer. And <laughs> it's like, dude, no one's watching you. And <laughs> also, do is. you play? She do knows you that she is? It's like, do you plan on jizzing in her closet? I mean, what is your end game in this? I. I have a feeling that his jizz has seen that closet already. I don't think that's that's probably that's that's probably true. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) there's been a lot of a lot of trips to the local dry cleaner with her arguing with the dry cleaner about what is this? Why can't you get this out of my clothes? (laughs) What is happening here? These are some of my finest teddies. What is going on? There's no better way to end an episode of Kill by Kill than talking about how hard it is to get jizz out of your chest. <laughs> so I, there's no way you can top it. So uh, would you recommend people watch The Seduction? Uh, <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> yes. Let me cough up this hairball. And, um, <laughs> I mean, it, it gets a little, it gets a little rapey towards the end. Uh, yeah. I mean, he doesn't, it's not, uh, um, what's the word I, I'm thinking of? Uh, it's not to completion because apparently he cannot. And I don't know if you're supposed to feel sorry for him at that point or if it's, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what you're, what you're supposed to, you know, walk away from with that. But yeah, it gets a little rapey. And, but I think it's, it, it's funny. I mean, I, there's definitely a lot of, you could do a lot of like, like riff track style riffing on it. If, um, if you watched it with a group. Yeah. And understand that there is, you know, that, that there's allusion to, uh, you know, stalking and uh, sexual assault. Uh, the under, you know, you don't want to spring this on anyone. But if you watched it with a group, it's probably going to be a lot more fun than you watching it alone. And I mean, it's uh, it's it's satisfying in the fact that he you know, basically gets almost blown in half by a shotgun at the end. <laughs> uh, by someone else, which really takes the oomph out of the movie for me. Well, yeah, I mean, but also it means that Morgan Fairchild doesn't get to be a murderer. But we, you kind of, it's okay for her to be a murderer at that point. Someone's been, he's killed her lover in front of her and buried her behind her house. Like, come on. I I don't know what it, it, it's just, it doesn't bring the catharsis that you want in this setup. It's sort of like, oh, she never had any power and she never will. It's kind of what it comes down to. And that's, that's a bit of a bummer, but um, it's, it's so goofy in parts and so uh, dumb when it thinks it's smart that yeah, in a group, I think it'd be a bit more of a, a hoot. Yeah. It's, it's, it definitely thinks it's classier than it is, but it's not as sleazy as you might expect either. If, if, if that's, if that makes any sense. You know, for a movie that a good 40% of it takes place near at or in a pool <laughs> is, they, they paid to use that pool. By God, they were going to get every penny's worth out of it. Every cent out of that pool 
that they possibly can the house they rented in Malibu. Uh, so yeah, that, that pretty much does it, uh, for this. Uh, thank you ever so much to all of our Patreon supporters. Uh, your money is desperately needed to keep the podcast going because, uh, it's not free to put this show up. Uh, there's a lot of things that need to be paid for. I had, I had, to, I had to pay, I had to pay to rent the seduction. <laughs> I, I own a copy of the seduction. Thank you to the people of uh, our Patreon uh, group uh, for that, uh, because it, I don't know how I would explain that to the wife. Otherwise, uh, she would not support it. Uh, <laughs> I don't think she. I don't think Becky would like this movie, and I don't think she would like how much I enjoy how stupid it is uh, either. Would you find that tedious? Um, but it's absolutely true. Uh, we really appreciate your support, uh, patrons, uh, small and large. Uh, it's very. Uh, we don't know what's going to come up next month. Uh, that'll be a. Uh, that's going to be another another uh, uh, you make you pick the movie. Yes. Uh, so if you, you want to give us another erotic thriller, please do. Uh, yes, uh, we're all up for it. It does not necessarily have to be in our specific genre. Uh, we have some parameters, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, mix it up. As long as there's some death involved, and that's like every other movie, uh, it's good. We we can talk about it. Y'all, um, exactly. Is, is it? Do you have? Do you know something as mystifying as the visitor? Is there anything as mystifying as the visitor? We may never know. But, we are we uh, are up for the challenge of of being given something more mystifying than the visitor. <laughs> I don't know that that thing exists. But I mean, I I the the lighthouse was one of my favorite movies of 2019. I'm ready. Just bring it on. Bring the weirdness <laughs> on. <laughs> Talk about uh, uh, not being able to get the semen stains out. Uh, that that was a lot. There's a lot of successful masturbating in that movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> that self abuse in the woodshed uh, happens throughout. Uh, so that just about does it. So uh, until next month, and of course on the main 